Hey, thank you for tuning into our podcast today. My name is Derek Puckett. I'm the lead pastor at Renewal Church Chicago. If you want to know more information about us, you can go to our website, renewalchicago.com. I pray that this podcast today is a blessing and encouragement to your soul. All right, well, this morning we're going to start with the state of the church. I get excited about this every year. I do this every year um, since we started the church. We started this about four years ago. Our church is in our fifth year, so we're about four and a half years old right now. But four years ago we started this, and it's called the state of the church. So much like the State of the Union address that the president gives where he talks about the highs and the lows of last year, but also talks about what's going to happen this year, I'm going to do the same thing. I want us to look back and reflect over how good God has been in the past year, but also to look forward to where we're going here in the future. So it's it's a good thing for me. I I love being able to do this. And and some of you all may be new, and some of you are here for, you've been here for a while, and you're like, why are we doing this? And why, why do we have to do this again? Here's the reality, family. All throughout the Bible, you see reports being made about what's happening in the ministry. You see reports being made, what's happening in this church, what's happening in this missionary's life. You see it in just about every Pauling letter. He's talking about what's happening in the church that he's at right now, or he's talking about what's happening in the church he just left. And in in doing so, he's encouraging the other folks that he's with or challenging to continue to go forward. You see this in the life of Jesus where he's telling John the Baptist before John the Baptist dies, he's like, this is what's happening, and then that allows John the Baptist to go to his death. He's beheaded because he knows the work of the ministry is going forward and his life was not in vain. You see this in missionaries now. You see this, whether they be stateside, you see it in the book of Acts where where we've been walking through it. You see that, these reports of the church. And it's not just to pat somebody on the back and say, good job. It's, It's for us to be encouraged. It's for us to be uplifted in where we are because day to day trials come, tribulations come all the time. And living for Jesus sometimes is not easy. So when we get to read those reports and we get to hear about what's going on in the life of other people, it's uplifting. I mean, I can't tell you, I I love hearing and reading newsletters from missionaries that are not here in the States or are in a part of the country that I'm not in. Reason being is because I'm not there. But I know that the mission and the gospel of Jesus Christ is going forward. So when I get to read those and I hear about people accepting Christ, getting baptized, learning more, man, that is it. That's exciting to me, amen? That's exciting. It's uplifting. And see, for me, I'm not sure about you all, but it's always a special time in my life when I just take a second and I just look back over all that God has done in my life when I just just stop for a minute and reflect. Because too many times in life, we we just keep moving. We just keep going. We keep going. We keep going. We keep going. We keep going. And then trials hit us, and we try to keep going. We keep going. We keep going. We keep dragging ourselves through the mud. And the reality is, is as we go through these problems and these trials, and, and things keep coming up, the first person we turn to and blame it on is God. Where, where you been at, God? What are you doing to me? Why are you, why are you allowing me to go through all this? Isn't that right? Like, what, what's happening right here, God? And the reality is if we just stopped and just looked back and, and think about all that he's done or all that he's kept us from, you know what would happen? We'd see his handprints all over our lives. We see his footprints just guiding us through. In the midst of that trial, you see him keeping you from something that could have gotten worse. You, you'd see his handprints all over your life. Have you ever just stopped and just thanked God? You ever just reflected a minute and just, just said thank you? We don't do that enough. We, we don't celebrate enough either. 
So family, what we're going to do this morning is we're going to do just that. We're going to thank God for all that he's done in renewal. And with that, I'm not going to so much preach a sermon this morning. I'm going to try not to. It's hard not to preach a sermon sometimes. You are. But, but instead, I want us to reflect. I want to look back. And I want you to do that with me as we walk through this. And I'm going to give you some vision, too, hopefully to encourage you in 2019. Hopefully to encourage you to look forward to what God is going to do. You know, everybody's got New Year's resolutions and all of that, as DeMond said. I, I want to I ask God to do something big in our church. I want him to continue to work through the lives of his people here for his mission and for his glory. Amen? So what that means is as I'm walking through some of the stuff I say today, y'all shouldn't be just taking notes. You need to have some clapping, some amen, and all of that, because we're going to celebrate this morning. Amen? But I do want y'all to take notes, too. I want y'all to think about all the good stuff, too. Amen? Amen. Now, some of you guys are new here. Some of you guys have been here for a while. And I always begin this with talking about my story because the story of this church has a lot to do with my personal story and where I come from. And the story of this church starting with myself and Kaylee. As you look around, four years ago, it was just us in the living room. And look at, look at what God is doing. And this is the New Year, so some of y'all are still traveling. God is blowing our minds with what he's doing here at Renewal Church in Chicago. But this begins with my personal story where um, I grew up in Gary, Indiana. It was the murder capital of the world when I was there. So growing up, I would love seeing the city of Chicago, seeing the buildings, the skyline. It was a dream city for me like it is for most of you all, or at least moved here for something more. I, I used to see this city in the midst of everything that's going on around me, the, the, lap, the lapidated city and, and, and nothing happening there and say, man, they gave me hope for something more, gave me a dream for something more. And I've loved this city since I was a kid, especially around this time. I, I still love, like a big kid, riding down Lakeshore Drive and seeing all the lights at night time. Y'all ever done that during Christmas season? <laughs> you missing out. <laughs> you need to get in your car and ride down Lakeshore Drive and look at all the lights at nighttime and just think about, and I look at the infrastructure and all this stuff, and people built that. You know, look, what, look at what's happening in this city, the, the greatness and, and all of that. But then as I grew older, I got to see a lot of the vision here socioeconomically, racially, the murder rate, the politics the pursuit of success, climbing up that ladder at the neglect of all other people, whoever's in your way, it doesn't matter. You want to get there, the idolatry of sports. I love the Bears too, but look, they ain't been to the Super Bowl and what? I, you know, I, they ain't won a Super Bowl in 30-something years. So, I mean, the Cubs, I like them too, but it, what, it was 108 years or something before that? We, but we still love them, you know? Like the I drop, we sports, we're brunch. I know y'all want to get out of here for brunch too, you know? So, we or food and we sport. We like all those things. I love them too. But as I learned about all of this, I started looking at our city and saying, man, they, we need more here. We need more. The city needs Jesus. And I grew a burden and a passion for the city that I loved and, and wanted to see it transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Renewal, some of you have heard me say this before because here's the reality. I know all of us have passions and we want to see things change, but it's not going to be better homes. It's not going to be better governments. It's not going to be better you or me. It's not going to be better schools. This city, in, in order to have lasting change, I mean lasting change, we can create change, but in order to have lasting change that goes throughout the ages, the city has to be renewed by Jesus Christ. It has to be him. It has to be him. And see, we desire to transform or see lives transformed by Jesus, not here just on a vertical basis, but some of you heard me say this, but if, as Jesus is hanging on that cross, 
There's two beams where he's hanging on it. There's one that's vertical, which represents our reconciliation to God through Jesus Christ. So that vertical reconciliation. But as he's hanging on that cross with those nails in each one of his hands, nails there in his hands, blood dripping from his hands, that blood that washes our sin slate clean. But that blood, that same blood, unites all of us together if we believe in him. So now we're grafted into the lineage of Jesus all through that same bloodline of Jesus. Even though we're, we're not Jewish, we didn't come from it, he grafted us in by our belief. So the reality is, is that there should be no division amongst the body of Christ. So horizontally, as he's hanging on that cross, y'all, we're reconciled to one another. You see this when he's on the cross because the thief is sitting next to him. He's like, don't forget me. They don't have anything in common. Jesus is up there for something he didn't do. The thief is up there for something that he did do. He's like, no, I'll see you in paradise. You see, the, you see that horizontal reconciliation there? He desires for his people to be the same too. Family, this is why when we enter into passages that are tough culturally, when you flip through the Bible, commonly a lot of churches or pastors don't preach them. But we, we preach them here at Renewal. The reason we preach them is because it, whether it's matters of race or something like that, we don't skip over it, but we preach them because the gospel, like I've talked about many times before, it should compel us to love other people that don't look like us, don't eat like us, don't vote like us, don't live like us, don't make as much money as us. The gospel is what compels us to love one another. It's what Jesus has done on our behalf. So with this, we came up with this vision to be a church centered on the gospel while passionately seeking the welfare of the city. See, we desire to be a church where if God saw fit for some reason, he said, look, Renew, I'm moving you from the city of Chicago, then the city of Chicago would miss us. They would miss us because we weren't just a church that was in the city, but we were a church that's for the city, meaning that we love this city and we sought the welfare of this city. So we're not just in it, we're for the city of Chicago. That's what we desire to be as a church. And this vision, it rests upon three pillars, as I like to call them. Three pillars that we believe are rhythmic and indicative of every believer. The three pillars are to be a church that renews, rebuilds, and releases people for the work of Jesus Christ. Now, family, this isn't just some catchy slogan we came up with. Didn't wake up one day and be like, oh, three R's, that sounds good. Let's put that together. That, that, that could be great, you know, renew, reveal, release. Cool. That's not where it came from. When we look at the Bible, when I read through the scriptures and I see the life of Jesus, I see Jesus doing this exact same thing. He renews the hearts of people that he's around by spending time with them, simply by him being with them and then believing in him. But you also see him now wrapped himself in flesh, him the giver of life. Now he brings 12 men around him and he rebuilds their lives, spends three, three years with them, pouring his life out onto them, them taking from him, him eating with them, them spending time with him, them hanging out together. He's rebuilding them, taking fishermen and tax collectors and making them into fishermen. He's doing all of that. And then lastly, you see him release these men when he ascends to heaven in Acts chapter 1. He gives them a mission to go out and do the same thing that he did with them and do even more work than what he's done. As a matter of fact, y'all, they're the reason we're still here talking about Jesus today. It's not because we had an epiphany and be like, oh, Jesus did all this great stuff. No, these dudes poured their lives back into faithful men. Those faithful men did the same thing to faithful men and women, and it continued to go on throughout the ages. And now we sit here today worshiping and praising Jesus. It's because people have carried on in the work that he left us to do. 
Now hear me, friends. Here's the point. If this was Jesus' mission, and we first want to be a church that's centered around the gospel of Jesus Christ, walking in his footsteps, then we don't need to reinvent the wheel. It doesn't need to be about lights, camera, action, and doing all this great. We simply just need to follow his example. So that's what we want to be about. So as we switch gears today, I'm going to pray in a minute, but what I want to do is I want to walk through these three pillars and hopefully encourage you by showing you how they have already been playing out in the life of our church. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this morning. You're an awesome God. We thank you for your goodness. You're good to us even when we don't deserve it, Lord. And I thank you for that. God, I pray that as we walk through this morning that we would just be encouraged and uplifted by all that you've done in our church that you started to do and all that you're going to do. You are a good, good God. You're a good Father. We pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus and everyone said together, amen. Mm. Amen. Well, let's begin with looking at this first pillar, renewing hearts by the power of the gospel. Y'all remember the gospel, right? Y'all remember this? I, I taught y'all an easy way to say it, right? You remember John three sixteen? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Y'all, y'all remember that, right? The gospel, remember? God loved, God gave, we believe, we live forever. I wish I had Dre to give me a beat because y'all not going with me. Come on, y'all remember? God loved, God gave, we believe, we live forever. Come on, y'all got to say it one more time with me. God loved, God gave, we believe, we live forever. That's the gospel, right? I bet y'all won't forget it now. Come on now. You can rap that. If she had to beat, y'all would go with me. I'm telling you. Yeah. See, <laughs> with this pillar, y'all funny. Maybe it's just me. The pillar has rang out in our church in many different ways, practically in many different ways. And as I said, we are this church that wants to be centered around the gospel. So this is the foundation of all that we do. And one of the things that we stand firm on every Sunday here is that every, anytime you walk in here, you're going to hear the gospel preached. You're going to hear me talk about Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection, and what he did for us. You're going to hear the gospel preached, whether that's me, Pastor Luke, or somebody else that's going to stand on the stage, but you're going to hear it proclaimed. We want it to be proclaimed because it's not about my eloquent speech. It's not about what I bring to the table. It's about what he's done in our lives. It's, it's what he did that reconciles us to God. It's what he did that changes lives and, and causes lasting change. So we're going to preach the gospel. And you know what? At four years running now, and I do call everybody, and when I ask them this question, I ask them, what do you enjoy about renewal? What have you liked about it? For four years running, you know the number one thing people say? That they love being able to hear the gospel preached every week. They love being able to hear about Jesus and, and that we stick to the word of God. You see, the gospel, it's being preached, but it's affecting not only what happens here on Sunday morning, but it's affecting people's day-to-day lives, in their community, where they work, what's happening around them. It's affecting them on multiple levels. Folks are hearing the gospel, and here's the reality. When we're preaching it, when we're living it out, family, it should, and it is, it's already trickling over in every part of our lives. Here's some stats to help you all with this. We average about 200 souls in attendance every Sunday in the past year. That's about 15% increase from the year before, and that's inside of an urban metropolis, which I've told y'all over and over again, it is hard to plant a church in a city. 
It's hard. It's one of the hardest places. Chicago is probably one of the hardest places to plant a church, period. That's here. We're averaging over 200 people, y'all. That's something to give God glory about. That's something to praise him about. God's doing a work here. We had three baptisms last year. Folks' lives are being changed. We had 20 new members that joined our church in the past year. We started a three-week membership process. So if you are looking to get involved in membership, you want to join in our church and not just attend, look, be on the lookout for that. In the next month or so, we're going to have one of those starting back up. Here's what I really want to talk to you guys about. You all gave financially through tithes and offerings $346,826 last year. Y'all didn't clap. Do I need to say the number again? You all gave, I mean, I'm thankful for you guys. That's $85,000 more than the year before. Family, things don't happen like that in cities. Not in a four-year-old church. Look at what God is doing. The ministry is going forth. Now, family, here's what encouraged me the most. After I gave that sermon in, I think it was October, where I talked about what tithing is and how we give sacrificially. What does that mean when well, we laid it out? Like I, laid, I tried to lay it out very plainly about budgeting and, and all of that. Y'all responded, okay? You responded. And within two months, November and December, you guys gave $79,000. I mean, y'all can clap for that. That's something to celebrate. God is moving here. He's not just moving in our church right here on Sunday morning, but he's moving in the way you give. You all want to see the gospel go forth. You want to see missions happen overseas. You want to see all these things happen, and you're giving to it. Now, hear me. We have a long way to go, as you guys see in that pamphlet. Our budget this year is a lot higher. It's $453,000, and that's about $37,000 a month. So hear me. Hear me again. I've told you all before. It takes a lot of money to run a church in a city. It take, it's not cheap. This stuff doesn't just happen. You know, and ministry doesn't just happen, so you all keep giving. But in just four years, hear me, I am beyond belief. I'm, it, your giving is unheard of, and I'm so thankful for our church. So although we have a long way to go, this lets me know that the gospel is not just affecting us on Sunday mornings. It's affecting our pockets. Family, money and what we do with it, it and how we steward it is very important to God. How we steward our lives, it's very important to God. I mean, if we want to see the kingdom and the gospel of Jesus go forth, continually spreading the word of the Lord across the world, not only here in the city, it's going to take us being a generous church. Not just with our money, but with our time and our talents. It's going to take us being a, a generous church. So if you've never started giving, I do want to challenge you, like we do in our offerings, to start. Not to me, give to what the Lord is doing. If you've already started giving, challenge you to give a tenth, give a tithe of your salary, give, give a tithe. If you've already done that, give cheerfully. You know, cheerfully, that word, as I told you before, it means hilarious. It means give so much that it, it hurts a bit. Y'all ever did something that just, you just laugh because it, it, it hurts so bad, and you're like, I got to laugh about it, but I want to cry. <laughs> I want to cry. It hurts so bad. That's what he's talking about in 2 Corinthians 8. It's like, give cheerfully. He said, give over and beyond. It should hurt a bit. And the reason you do that is not because I'm up here saying this. It's because of what Jesus did for us. It's because he gave it all up for us. That's why we give. So let's beat the budget. Let's give more than what we did last year because this continually goes out, and we're able to do more and more ministry here in the city and across the world. Friends, it brings joy to my heart to know that Jesus is moving and lives are being changed. I love hearing stories 
and testimonies. People like Deborah, she's a new member, came here last year. She's here for a year. She said these words. Look at these words. She said, I just transitioned into a new city and job, and it was awesome to be able to get plugged into renewal so soon. I have a group of friends that love the Lord, love community, and love to dance, although she never invites me out. It's okay, though. <laughs> she said, I'm very blessed with my experience as, as so far in this new city. Translation, family, Jesus is moving in our church. Here's another one. Whitney Holmes says these words. She's in our West Town group. She says this, as the work week can often be demanding, high stress and travel heavy, I'm beyond grateful for Sunday mornings and small group each week when I have a place to go where, where, where people from all walks of life coming, seeking the Holy Spirit, encouragement, and purpose. Now, Jesus is moving. Look at these testimonies. That's just a couple. Family, he's moving in our church. The gospel will always be, hear me, it will always be at the foundation of everything we do. Let us not do anything in our lives out of any other motivation than what Jesus has done for us. Amen? Amen. The second pillar is rebuilding lives through discipleship. This is key in everything we do. If, if, if the gospel is the foundation, I like to say discipleship is the bloodline, and a lot of times, sadly, the church is dying because the blood ain't flowing through the body. We're not doing discipleship. We're not pouring our lives out. And, and, and this is very important here at our church. Discipleship is basically this. It's the process by which as we as believers, we, we grow in our walks with Jesus Christ. So I like to say it means to reproduce reproducing followers of Jesus Christ. Say that real fast. You probably, I bet you can't do it. <laughs> yeah, Mama Roper got it right. She got it right. Reproduce, reproducing followers of Jesus Christ, which means that disciples, they're, they're Christians, they're Christ followers who don't just stand on the sideline and watch the game go on. We don't stand on the sideline and see everything, everybody else doing the work. We see it happening, and then we say, I'm jumping in. We cross the line and we get into it. Every part of our lives, every facet of our lives that are involved with the work of Jesus Christ. That's what true disciples do. Discipleship plays itself out in, in many different ways at our church. It happens on Sunday morning from, from me preaching to you. This is a discipleship morning to the whole, uh, a moment to the whole church. It also happens in our smaller groups throughout the week. As you heard Jared say throughout the week, discipleship, it's simply someone more mature in their faith pouring out their life onto you. It's life on life. It's spending time together. It's, it's sitting across dinner tables. It's, it's playing basketball together. It's not just opening up the Word. That's a big part about it. But it's relational, it's inspirational, it's doctrinal, and it's experiential. You can't just have one part. We do all of that. Discipleship. Jesus calls us to make disciples in Matthew 28 where he says these words. It says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Family, when you read these words of Jesus, this is not an option. He's not saying, will you please go make disciples for me? He says, go make disciples. It's a command. It's the last command that he gives his disciples before he leaves. He says, go out and make disciples. And see, we want to preach the gospel on Sundays, but we also need to be challenged and encouraged from community outside of Sunday morning. We need community. We're created by a God who exists in community himself. 
you got the Godhead, three persons in one, the God, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit existing in one. They exist in community. He created us out of community. You know what that means? If we're created, we're molded and shaped in community, that means that we're going to yearn for community all of our lives. We're going to want community, whether that be a spouse, whether that be a good friend or a large group gathering like this. We're always going to want community because we're created for community. Family, the encouraging fact about this is that rebuilding through discipleship, community has already taken place in our church. Here's a short list. In the next few weeks, you're going to hear, as you already heard this morning, groups are starting to ramp up. Last fall, we had eight groups with about 130 of you all dispersed throughout all eight of them. Now, that may not sound all great and all, but that's 65% of our church that least average comes here on Sunday morning. 65%, and here's the truth. People struggle to get folks to Sunday morning church. We have more than half of you that come here on Sunday morning involved in groups. Translation, y'all, God is doing something amazing. He's working. He's working. I got a golf clap with that one, but all y'all, come on now. We're going to keep going. And see, my prayer is that all of us would be involved in groups. All of us would get involved with that. We would, we would buckle down and we would jump into these groups and do life with one another. These are our forms of small groups where we reach out to our community. So you're asking about outreach? This is how we do outreach. A lot of our outreach takes place in these groups because they do it once a month in their neighboring communities. So we do outreach there through those groups. Um, the curriculum is sermon-based. So you're not really missing out on anything. We want you to jump in. It's open to anybody there. You can dive in deeper to, to what the Sunday sermon and what was preached on Sunday with one another, and you literally live out the Word of God amongst one another. So hear me. Jump in a group. If you're not signed up, jump in a group, okay? Don't, don't let anything stop you from that. You can jump in now. We're going to have sign-ups throughout the month. They'll start uh, first week of February or so, so sign up today online on the groups page. Other ways to encourage community here at our church is through Renewal Summer. Renewal Summer, how many of y'all love Renewal Summer? Yeah. Some of y'all like, what is that? We do this every year. Renewal Summer at our church is an amazing time because during the summer, we don't have groups, so what we do to encourage community is we do this thing called Renewal Summer. We've done this since we be, before we started as a church. Let me, let me tell you briefly how it started. I, I was preaching around the country, this and that, and we had all these people that moved to the city, and one day my wife just woke up before we started the church, y'all, one Tuesday, and she said, we need, to, we need to make some tacos for people that just moved to the city. I want them to come over, and it's about 25 or so people. And I said, well, you can't just invite the new people. We got to invite all the other people we've been building relationships with. So Tuesday morning, we sent out a text, and 40 to 50 people came to the house, and it's never stopped. So almost five years now, we've been running. Every summer, we do some type of dinner. Last year, we changed it up to where every group, since we're not doing groups, they host uh, a week, and they do a dinner, or they do some type of event around the city of Chicago, and it serves two purposes, where community is able to get together, but we also are able to see a different part of the city that you may or may, or may not have been to. So our groups lead that during the summer, and it's an awesome time. And the cool thing about that is that some of you all, that was your first introduction to Renewal, and now you're members. You see how that works? You see how community's happening there? See how discipleship's happening? See how people jump in? Many of you guys were involved in our men's and women's time last year. There's, those are going to be starting back up. 
So be on the lookout for those. And to my men, this does not mean that it replaces basketball, okay? Y'all can still get it on the court for me, all right? You can get this step back, Jay. I'm not going to be playing today, but so y'all, y'all save your sweat for the next time, all right? Robinson. Uh, no, I just love, like, I love calling out Robinson and Robinson's name when we talk about basketball. But all jokes aside, um, we had a basketball team here at the church. We won the, the church league uh, two years in a row, and Robinson came up afterwards like, man, we got we to keep playing ball. And I said, well, cool, you go ahead and do it. And Robinson sent out a text message, and guys have been playing ball almost every Sunday over the last two years. And, and he's one of our deacons and our leaders here. So I just want, can y'all put your hands together for him? It just had a passion for something. just had a passion to start something, and he went ahead and started it. And, and I celebrate the camaraderie between men um, because there's not enough men coming to church, period. When you look around this room, I don't, it's not enough men to jump out and come in church. They're, they're, they're not, we're not serving leaders like God has called us to do. We're not really doing that. And we're just, we don't feel like this is a safe place sometimes. We don't come to church. So when I see community of men coming together like this, y'all, I, I like to celebrate it. I celebrate that. Um, men fellowship and hanging out is a beautiful thing. Now, ladies, don't think I forgot about you. My wife is going to be starting up her classes soon. I think y'all were doing HIIT workouts and all that good stuff. Y'all can keep that. But she's doing the, the workouts after church, so y'all can look out for those when they're coming up. And here's the point, family, with these things. I'm not talking about basketball and HIIT workouts so we can stay in shape. Yeah, it's good to stay in shape, but it's about community. We're coming together, we're hanging out, we're getting to connect with one another. At the same time, we're staying in shape, so why not keep each other accountable? It's a new year, you want to stay in shape, right? I'm pretty sure y'all want to work out. I saw all the basketball texts today. Everybody's coming to hoop. Got to lose that gut for New Year's, right? So, so we might as well stay accountable to one another. But the, re, the real reason we do these things is to spur on community, discipleship, for us to continually hang with one another because we don't do it enough. We don't do it enough. So even if you can't hoop, you don't know what a hit workout is, just come. Just come. Our kids ministry under Liz and now Alex Hubbard's leadership, y'all can clap for them. It's been amazing. Our, our kids ministry is going well. It still remained a place where every week kids come in and they're, they're, they're just joyous to see their friends and Friendships are spurring on about, we average about 24 to 32 children on any given sunny, Sunday. We dedicated one baby last year, little Trey Harvison, and by the looks of it, y'all, we're going to have a whole slew of them this year. I mean, I, last year was an off year because we had nine before that, and this year, I guess, it was the year we were making babies, and now we're going to have, like, a whole bunch of them. I, I, I'm sorry, I'm just talking, y'all. But... <laughs> Including my little man, too. We're going to have a little, little man up there getting dedicated, too. So it's going to be a good time this year. And if you're interested in that, please talk to us. Um, kids ministry, we'd love to be a part of that and coming alongside you and loving your child. And so one thing that I love about our children's ministry is that they don't just think about what happens here on Sunday morning. You should see them throughout the week. But one thing that we're thinking about and we've done, um, as a parent, I love this because quarterly they do uh, a parent's night out. You know, so what that means is that you get to drop your kids off. Y'all didn't hear me. 
you get to drop them off. Like, here you go for three hours or so. So you can go to the movies, you can eat dinner together, and it's our gift to you all. We want you all to be able to experience that. Some families don't get date nights. Some mothers are single moms, and you're by yourself, and you get to drop your kids off. And the cool thing about it is, is they're not just here by themselves. They're here with their friends. They fellowship with their friends, and they get to spend uh, time here at the church, and you get to go out and have a night out in the town. So be on the lookout for those. I think there's another one coming up around Valentine's Day. Um, and last but not least, um, can we put our hands together for the val- volunteers and kids ministry? Yeah. We've not gone a Sunday without volunteers. There's at least 20 adults that volunteer with more needed. So if you're interested in jumping in, please indicate that on the Connect card or talk to Liz or Alex after service, especially if you're a parent or a member here at our church. We ask that you serve at least once a month. And please don't say that's not my ministry, okay? I don't watch kids, all of that. Please do not say that because here's the reality. I got five kids myself. And if my wife or I, we say we, can't, we don't like watching our kids, then how am I going to expect somebody else to watch my kids? So please jump in at least once a month, and I promise that will be all that we have to do if we all jump in and sign up. So once a month, sign up, get in our kids' ministry. And here's the reality. What better place to pour out your life anyway? What better place to pour out your life than kids who are the next generation of leaders here in our country? If we don't do it, somebody else will. Somebody else will, or some gadget will, so pour your life out with them. Two years ago, we started our young adults ministry. I'm going to keep on going where young adults in their 20s and 30s come from all over the country to Chicago, and so we started something uh, where they can meet at least twice a month. They can be equipped and fellowship with one another. They had a Christmas party last year. Again, I was not invited. I guess pastor's not cool enough. No, I actually was invited to this one. We had a sex talk. Yeah, we talked about sex, baby. We did all of that, and we went bowling, all of that, much more. And the average attendance, this is what's crazy. We average about 40 to 50 people that come to this at each event. That means that folks are yearning for this community, and they keep coming out. And some of the folks don't necessarily go here, but it's a place for them to connect, and then they eventually start coming to Renewal. So launch party is this next Saturday, right? Next Saturday is coming up, so you don't want to miss that, okay? Next Saturday. If you're a young adult, you're here and saying, I'm in my 20s or I'm in my 30s, I want to meet people, you don't want to miss this. Tony's sitting up here in the front. Talk to him after, work, after service if you want to get interested or know more about it. Christina says these words about it, if you're, if you're still on the fence. She says this about renewal young adults. She says, as a student, I was looking at how I can get more involved in the church and get to know more people. Being a part of young adults has helped me build relationships and community while having fun and discussing important topics. I am thankful for the young adult ministry because it has become a second home and a play, family to me since I've been in Chicago. She's about to graduate, and she's been at this place for a while, and I think she helps lead, too. Y'all, get involved. If you're sitting around saying, I I don't have community, I want to know people, here's a way to do it. Our ministry residency program has still been, you know, this is something we started a few years ago since we started the church, and it's a few guys in it, Ronald Monroe, we got Jonathan Salinas, and Stephen uh, Sixtos, and 
All of them are, they take part in the leadership cohort with me once a week where we sit down and we walk through the word, but we also talk about specific leadership in church. Ron helps with pictures, videos, graphics. He does a lot of that stuff. Jonathan's on staff with campus outreach as well as young, working with our young adults. And Stephen, my man, pretty much sets up everything you see up in this church as well as um, helps with groups. So these brothers, they're not just learning, they're, they're serving in a lot of different ways. And um, I'm a big believer, Romans 1, it talks about being able to pour your faith out to other brothers and other women and men so that they can in turn encourage you. So I'm being encouraged by them too um, when we sit together. Now, some of you probably weren't wondering, what in the world is a residency program at a church? Okay, you've heard the word residency. Residency is the same thing as in a medical residency um, where you serve under doctors and, and probably your specific profession or at least you're trying to get into that profession and you're serving under them, you're learning, you're getting your hands dirty a little bit, it gives you a place to fail while under supervision. It's the same thing here. Here's the reality. If, I'm a, if I wanna go see a doctor and he's gotta do some surgery on me, if all he went to is medical school and didn't actually have to work on a dead body before me, I, ain't, I don't want him working on me. I'm just gonna, I don't, do, I, maybe y'all do. I don't wanna be the experiment, I want him to have practice. I want him to be able to walk with somebody. And it's the same thing with pastors and, and ministers. Too many of us jump out and we just try to figure it out on our own. And you know what ends up happening? We go through five years and then we, we burn out. And here's the reality. We wanted people to come in and we want to pour our life out to where we can build up pastors and build up ministers and people that are interested in ministry and prepare them for the next 30 years of their lives instead of five years of burnout trying to figure it out. We want to prepare them for a flourishing ministry, amen? That's discipleship. If you're interested in that, talk to me after service. And see, the reality is we didn't want to just talk about discipleship. We want to model it also. Church, there's many things, many, many more that I can talk about dealing with discipleship. But the simple point I want you to go away with today is that the gospel is taking root in the hearts of people and lives are being changed. People are being rebuilt at renewal. The last of our three pillars is releasing people for city impact. And we can really say the world because people come from all over the place to Chicago and they're sitting out all over the world. And we want folks to come into Chicago, whether you're here for a year, three months, or 10 years, we want you to have a gospel experience so rich, meaning that you get to know Jesus so much that wherever you go, you can't help but to share the good news of Jesus Christ with somebody. Amen? We want you to be released. We want you to see your lives in a way that you're sent for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not by us, but sent by him. That same command he gave to the disciples, he's given to us. Go out and make disciples. See, after we're renewed by the gospel, we were built through discipleship, and lastly, we're released. You see this in the text where Jesus shares his life with his disciples, and he ultimately releases them when he ascends, and he says these words to them in Acts 1.8. Look at them with me. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. See, the disciples were left to do the work of the ministry without Jesus physically being there. He sends them out to do what he did with them. In essence, he's saying, disciples make other disciples. We don't just sit in a pew. We don't sit at home and just read our Bible in our, on, our, on our quiet time. We actually go out and share our lives. That's what he's saying. We make other mature followers of Jesus too. This is how cities will be changed. This is how they're changed. 
It's not just by coming here on Sunday morning. It's by us taking the truth of Jesus Christ out into the highways and to the byways and sharing our lives with other people. It, it has to be both and. It's not just coming together. It's dispersing and going out too. And I'm encouraged because this is happening already in our church. Here's some ways. Partnering with Breakthrough at our church, we continually do that. Whether it be once a month in the groups or as a, as a whole, we do that as a church. We, we partner, we, we feed the homeless here in our, in our city. Many of you have served, whether that was a Thanksgiving meal or you do it within your group, we do that. We did a quick Christmas drive with them where many of you gave toys and, and, and different needs and, and gifts to them where they were able to buy them at a lower cost and give to their families too. We, we also participated in the Hunger Walk where y'all got up early in the morning with me, and we walked, I think it was about a two, I don't know, two miles or something like that and to give to the, uh, the, the food, the hunger deposit here, in the, uh, the food depository here in Chicago. So these are ways, family, just a simple, simple ways that we've partnered with Breakthrough, and you're seeing us being released in our city. And many of you volunteer with GRIP. You're mentoring fatherless youth here in our city. Folks like Jay, who sits on the board, or Ali Kojak, who serves tireless hours here, and Terrence and, and Andy, and many who I didn't mention, who work alongside folks in this school and mentor youth here in our city. And I've said this before, but I'm thankful for folks like yourself that say, I want to mentor and give my life away, because without you, there is no Pastor D. Thank you. Thank you. But you see that happening. People are giving their lives away. Deb Steiner, I talk about her a lot. She's a, she runs a nonprofit, Pure Fathers. Y'all can clap. Y'all can clap. Reaching out to orphans and, orphans and widows in several different countries, and they're doing things like building Rahab's Corner and trying to figure out a way to provide safe haven, haven for people or women in the sex trade or in, exiting that sex trade and much more. My wife just joined the board with them, and we're trying to figure out what does it look like to partner more? What does it look like to do a mission trip? What does it look like? How do, how do we come alongside and do things with them? But the point I want you to see, family, is that folks are being released. And we did four worship uh, nights last year here at Renewal where people got to experience multi-ethnic gospel-centered worship where you may, may look at that and say, well, why is that being released? Here's the reality. I said it earlier. But what you see around you does not happen. This is not normal. 11 o'clock hour this Sunday morning is still one of the most divided hours of the week. And we get to do this every week. So sometimes you get, you get a little used to it, but here's the reality. There's folks that have never seen anything like this. But biblically, Jesus calls us to be reconciled to one another. So what we do is once a quarter, we open it up and we say, come on in here. Well, if you can't make a Sunday morning, you can come and you can worship with us. You can, you can hear uh, worship music where we're blending stuff together and you're seeing something, an expression of worship you've never seen before. So in essence, family, that's an outreach. It's not just for us to come worship. It's for folks to come in here and join with us too. And besides that, I heard we had some of the best worship in the city. Amen? Amen. Big ups to DeMar Reed and the team. God is moving there. Uh, last fall, we, we officially hired Chris Tabron, who's sitting back at the, at the booth back there. Y'all, he's been killing it on Sunday mornings. Yep. He's hiding back there, so he, he, I'm talking, he doesn't like me talking about it. He's revamping the, revamping the whole front door of our church. And what I say, when I say front door, I'm not talking about the physical front door of Wales High School. I'm talking about front door of what's happening here at Renewal. So what that means, is, and this is in release because a lot of times when people look at a church 
It's not because somebody just invited them to church. They're online now. They're looking at the website. They're looking at, at social media. They're looking at the videos. They're looking at the graphics. They're like, man, that's horrible. I'm not visiting that church. That's nice. I'm looking at that church. So Chris brought his expertise, and he's been killing that with us over the last year. You just saw the video. Any graphics you see up there, Chris has been doing. If you're interested in that or maybe you have some skills creative, creatively, see him after service. Jump in. And that's a way to be released here in our church and reach other people. All of our groups, I mentioned this already, have been serving once a month, doing some sort of outreach in their neighborhood. Many of you are figuring out now how to live your life um, and, be a, and make a spiritual impact at your jobs. That's huge. That's still a place where people should look at you and say there's something different about you because you know Jesus. There's something there. It's not always preaching. People should notice our love and notice who he is by the way we live. Also, one of the great joys of being in the high school, how we're released here and worshiping here, is not we just get to use this space, y'all, but we partner with them, too. We've done things throughout the last year, monthly teacher appreciation days and back-to-school gifts, breakfast snacks for parent-teacher conferences, Christmas gifts, and cards. We're also trying to get a scheduled time where we can come in here and, 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 and just paint and do whatever they need in the school, because here's the reality. Y'all have heard me say this before, at least some of you all. I don't want to just be a church that exists inside this school. If we're going to sit in this school and we're going to do ministry, we're going to do our worship services here, let this school be better because we're here. Amen? Let's make it better because we're here. Let's just not exist here. We as a church, we gave $21,700 last year out of our internal giving to church planning. Amen, right? $21,000. The reason we do this is because the Bible calls us to give sacrificially. And we as a church, we want to model in our giving too. As we're asking you to give too, we're giving to church planning. And the reason being is because we want to see the mission of God go forward. And statistically, one of the best places to reach new people is by starting new churches. So we give money to that. And y'all, I love, Pastor Luke, he's sitting in the back. I, I love hearing the stories when he comes back and he tells me about all the different churches that have started. Started all over the states and started in India and, and South Africa, Paris. You, you got them all over the place. And I'm like, man, it's amazing what God is doing. And guess what? We're a big part of that. Look at what God is doing with us. I also, I serve on this organization as the president of the Chicago Partnership for church planning here, and we partner with churches like Park Church, Holy Trinity, Painted Door, Legacy Fellowship, Progressive Baptist, Church of the Beloved, and The Brook, and many others. And what we do is we come alongside other churches to help revitalize them. We also start new churches here. And as an organization, our church, being a part of that family, is we planted over 20 different churches here in the city. We started them. And there's 12 other church planners and leaders that are being trained up right now and being set to start churches here in Chicago. Look at what God is doing, and we're a part of that. We're also giving to Campus Outreach where Tony and his wife, Jenny, as well as Jonathan Linus and a, and a host of other folks here in our church are a part of that at UIC. And I got to speak at their Christmas, well, New Year's conference, y'all, and it was amazing. Y'all see, y'all think Tony's funny up here? Y'all ain't see him at this thing. He's in rare form, y'all. It was amazing. But they had about 1,500 students there from all over. And, and the thing about that that I loved the most was that 60 of those students came from UIC's campus. 60 of them. Now, yes, it's something to praise God about. But the thing that blew my mind about that is it just started in September. Okay? 
So God is moving in mightiful ways here in our city. Folks are latching hold to the vision and saying, we need to be released. We need to share the work of the ministry. We need to share what God is doing. Last thing, um, we, last year we helped and we prayed over two missionaries that were sent out of the country to share the good news of Jesus Christ in other parts of the world. And one soon to be sent out here, Allison Blunk, who we love. She's been serving at our church. Um, yeah. So we're going to pray over her soon. But the reality is here is that we are, as a church, hopefully you're getting a little snapshot of all the things that are happening here. And that's just I didn't get to mention some of them. Some of you all have ministries that I don't even know about. And that, that's, that brings joy to my heart because the reality is I don't need to know everything, nor does everybody else. But the reality is God's looking at all of that, and the fruit that we'll be able to see maybe one day can be amazing. He's called us not to just be insulated or isolated in our own view of Christianity and what we believe about Jesus. He said, look, I came and lived my life and gave it away. Now I want you to do the same. So we're disciples that need to be sent, amen? So we need to be released. There's much more that I didn't talk, but I want you to be encouraged to keep on living for Jesus and keep running for him. As we end, I got a couple things I want you to look forward to. I'm going to get out of your way after that. On January 27th, Tony mentioned it earlier, but 8.30, 8.30 a.m., we're going to start the Gospel Center Life study here. It's a nine-week study to help you center your life around Jesus because what tends to happen is that we live our lives and Christianity just becomes a checklist item in our day-to-day items. It, it, it becomes just the file in the cabinet instead of our identity. And so I want us to jump into this. And if you're saying, I want to grow more, jump in to this. I want us to not only, I don't want us to just be Christians to say we're Christians and we stay babies in the faith and we're drinking milk, meaning we don't graduate to the, the broader and bigger things of the faith. But I want us, as Paul says in Corinthians 3, I want us to graduate to eating the meat of the faith. So I want us to grow deeper in our faith. So this study will help you grow in your life no matter where you are in your walks. And the reason I say that is because I was, I, I was when I started this, I, I was in ministry already. And it changed my life. So I want y'all to jump in with us this time. Um, it's going to start at 8.30 in the morning on the 27th of this month. What time? 8.30. 8.30. You can sign up after church on that table out there. I would love to see everybody in there. It's going to be nine weeks, so if you've done Sunday school before, here's your Sunday school, okay? It's just, it's just going to stop, okay? So nine weeks, and I want you to be a part of that, and, and you'll grow, grow more, and you'll walk with Jesus. February 23rd, last announcement is, is mark, mark your calendars. Every year, we do a race conversation, conversation on the gospel and race, and we do this during our Sunday service. It's a conversation where you get to hear from some of your peers here in the church, and we talk about matters of race, and I can't wait for this, y'all. Every year, I try to switch it up a little bit. This year, I'm going to, we're going to talk about the gospel, race, and immigration, there's been a lot going on with this topic in our country. So if you didn't know, there's a lot of immigrants in our, in our, in our church that are not from this country. And we're going to hear from them. We're going to hear about their experiences, their relationships, and how they're involved, and um, what's happening around the country, all of that. Because here's the thing. The gospel does not just call us to love who we want to love. The gospel calls us to love those that are on the fringes. The gospel calls us to love the foreigner. The gospel calls us to love the widow, the orphan, the people, the least likely. So we get to come together and we get to hear from others in our church. 
And friends, hear me, this conversation is not for us to solve the race or immigration problem in America. It's not the point of this, but it is a gospel issue. And you see Jesus confronting the lines of social injustice and different things. He doesn't just see the line, but he steps into the mess and he confronts it a lot of times. You see him doing that. But sadly, churches have not done that. Tough things happen in America. We avoid them. We don't step into them. We don't follow his example. So hopefully this conversation will shed some light on some of the things that have happened. But you also get to hear from your community. You get to hear from people in your church. And what this will do is hopefully give us a heart where we're able to empathize with other people and then have compassion and seek the betterment of someone else. Amen? See, we don't want this to just be a normal service. So invite people out. We've, this has been one of our largest services traditionally in our service. We do this every year. Um, so let's do it again. Pack this place out. Bring people out. It's not just about having people in here. It's about engaging in a needed conversation that the church a lot of times misses out on. So as the band comes forward, this is what I want you to do. I want you to just, just take a second right now and just remember Nothing that we do, nothing in our vision, nothing in this church, anything that I've mentioned, y'all, does not happen without Jesus going before us. He's doing a work at renewal and in the lives of us individually. Amen. So, family, my hope today is that you've been encouraged by all that he's done. And here's the thing. It's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. Amen. Can we put our hands together for all that Jesus has done? Amen. Let's press forward, hopeful, for 2019. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your goodness. You're an awesome God. God, I pray that you would continue to cover us, give us discernment, and lead us in our steps. God, I pray that we wouldn't step out of line or step before you, God, that we'd be led by you, that you continue to do a work in this church for your glory and for your good. God, have your We're undeserving people, but you saw us worthy not only to save us, but to use us. So, God, we just say thank you. Father, I pray as we enter this communion time, that we will remember your sacrifice. Not only that you made a way for us to be with God again, but with also with one another. So God, we thank you. We pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said together, amen. Thanks again for listening to our podcast today. I pray again that it was a blessing and encouragement to your soul. And I hope to see you at one of our services at 10 a.m. Take care. God bless you. Thank mm-hmm. you.